Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Hey everyone, and welcome to Shepherd Talk podcast, a podcast here at Ridgecrest Baptist Church with our pastor, Ray Jones. And we're excited today to continue a season of conversations entitled Doctrines We Believe. Pastor, how are you doing today? Doing great. Good. So as we begin our podcast today, Pastor, last podcast, we kind of talked about an introduction about doctrines, the importance of them, some scriptures that kind of show us that, how to navigate that when we uh, feel as if maybe we can't understand it. And I love how you said, don't be afraid. I think that's so practical for us just to engage with it. And then talked about how to give doctrines to someone else. And so today we want to jump into really the doctrine of the scriptures. And um, it kind of goes right along with the sermon series that we're in right now and the sermons that you have brought to us recently about the the myth of whether or not the Bible is relevant or not. And uh, as we begin today's conversation, though, about the scriptures, what book of the Bible would you say is one of your favorites? Wow. Um, well, I love the book of Romans, um, and it is a highly considered highly doctrinal, right. and, uh, but I love it. Um, I love the book of James. It's James is so practical in the application of biblical truth. Right. Uh, so I love that. Um, I, I love the book of Joshua in the old Testament. I love the book of Nehemiah in the old Testament. So, um, a lot of times it depends on which book I'm in at the, at the time. But, yeah, I've, I've got several that are. And it seems uh, right now from conversations we've had as a staff, you are studying the book of John some. Is sure. that correct? Yeah. I, and one of the things, of course, you guys know it because uh, you you hear me in our staff time. You can tell pretty much what I'm working through. And uh, I'm working back through the, the Gospel of John and, you know, it's a wonderful thing about Scripture is uh, you can go to a place that you've been in Scripture before and find all kind of new things that the Spirit of God illuminates. Yeah, you great. know, the Bible says it is a book that is alive. Right. And you discover that when you spend a lot of time. And that's why, you know, you can go back through a book like the Gospel of John and go, oh, I didn't see that the last time I was here. Or, uh, wow, that, that passage has an added significance to me right now. I think this is kind of interesting as we kind of jump into this conversation today. How do you navigate where you are going to be when it comes to spending time in the Word of God? Well, um, I, I typically, uh, you know, I do pray, Lord, you know, is there a place for me to, to uh, I try to um, uh, pick a book that I haven't been in in a while, okay? Yeah. And in my quiet time, um, and this doesn't have to be a rule for others, um, I will often take an Old Testament book and a New Testament book, and I'll, I'll kind of work through them alternating back and forth from day to day. Right. Uh, but I, it's typically just a book that I think, I haven't been in this book in a while. Yeah, that's good. And I start at the beginning, and I just slowly work through it. I, last year, I went through the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, and Jeremiah's a big book. Right. right. And it took me most of the year to just slow, because I don't, I don't say I've got to do some so much. I just kind of follow the what I believe is the uh, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I'll take a little section and I'll kind of work through it and digest, and sometimes a larger section, and just I'll work through it until I get to the end. 
So, Pastor, as we think about um, just the scriptures in general and have this kind of introduction conversation about scriptures, you know, recently we have, uh, even in the last podcast, talked about the, the this truth that uh, there has to be um, for us in our lives to navigate and walk through to figure out just the practical day-to-day answers to deal with different things. And, and you've talked a lot about um, for our gen- the generations to come in our world today that people are going against that and people are yeah. not understanding the magnitude of that. And so today what we do want to address a little bit to in this kind of season of our uh, podcast is the doctrine of scriptures. Uh, of the scriptures. And I love 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scriptures inspired by God, a verse that you have used in this path, in this this message by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And so just bring to light for us today thoughts about the doctrine of the scriptures. Well, the first thing that you have to understand is that that verse is talking about uh, how God inspired the scriptures, why the scriptures are not like any other book that we have. And it's because when God uh, spake his word, he did it through holy men. Peter writes about that and says that they were moved by God uh, to um, to put down or to proclaim uh, the words of God. So it wasn't like uh, you or I might sit down and say, "You know what? Oh, here's a here's a idea. Uh, I, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna write that down and then give it to somebody." And say, "Now this is scripture. The Bible says that these men were moved of God. It says in Second Timothy there that they that the word of God was." breathed upon them there's a uh the greek word there for that is the idea of of god blowing upon the writers literally like a wind that moves a ship it's there's a maritime uh, uh idea expressed there where there's a ship in the water it raises its sails the ship doesn't move itself but the wind in the sail pushes that ship along and that's the idea there. So we have to understand that the scripture is God-breathed. It wasn't an idea that a man had. Now, God did use the personalities of the writers, right. uh, the way they thought and the way they uh, they articulated themselves. But God breathed his message into them and protected it through their pen, right. if that makes sense, using yeah. their personalities. So that's where you got to start. you got to start with the fact that this isn't like any other book ever because it is literally, it has God as its author. And that changes it from books that are written by men, if that so, makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. So when we think about God being the author, speak to a little bit more about the authority of Scripture because I think okay. that falls in line with that. Yeah, and, that, and that's good. And by the way, I started this series we're in with the topic of, well, I didn't start it with this message. I right. set some foundational work down. But uh, I, I'm, this is the first myth that needs to be addressed, uh, I believe, in religious culture today, and that is that the Bible is just like any other religious book. Uh, n- no, it isn't. Yeah, and that's true. what differentiates it, and that's why it's so important to us. Why is it authoritative? It's authoritative because God's the author. Right. And much of the skepticism or those who would try to argue 
Well, it isn't. It isn't. Uh, it's just a book, a religious book with good stories and and some inspirational thoughts. But it was just penned by men. No, you you have to understand. God moved upon those men. If God moved upon them as they wrote, by the way, over a period of fifteen hundred years, forty different authors, three continents, right. three different languages: Hebrews, uh, Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek, there's nobody could sit down and say, for the next 1,500 years, we're going to uh, write a book that will become the greatest uh, seller of all time, and with one theme, a salvation, one Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, and one sovereign Lord. Uh, Nobody could sit down and plan out a book like that, and yet, all through the Bible, this same theme is connected and so we say it is authoritative because if God is the author, then the, his writing or his word becomes, it becomes the final word on right. things. It's the arbiter of truth. You know, people will say, um, well, you have your truth. I have my truth. Right. And that's a problem because that means you believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe. And there's no problem until there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, but so we have this source that's above. It wasn't your truth. It wasn't my truth. It's God's truth. So everything is filtered then through that uh, that grid, that that filter, that truth. And so then we say, this is what's right. This is what's wrong, because there's a source above your mind and above my mind, above the greatest minds of history on the in this world. And so there is the authority of God saying, you can't decide and uh, and I can't decide, but I can. And right. so that's why it becomes authoritative. So when it speaks in in all matters of, of our existence, uh, we don't say, well, I'll take that, I'll throw that out. T-. No, it's authoritative from cover to cover, right. from Genesis to Revelation. So when we think of another area of the doctrine of the scriptures, past the authority of it and the inspiration of it one to me that seems highly debated and that's the inerrancy of the scripture help us navigate kind of the world of the inerrancy and what that looks like. okay inerrancy is another way of saying that the bible is completely true that it is not it it contains no errors right okay it is infallible okay and because if it were fallible and god spoke it then god would be fallible it has no errors in it. That's what we mean by inerrancy. Now, sometimes you will hear people more on the left side of the Scripture, and they'll go, well, I believe the Scripture is inspired when it speaks in matters of faith and practice. Well, on the, on the front side of that statement, it sounds, okay, that sounds pretty good. Right. Because the fact is, it does, it is inspired in matters of faith and practice but not just matters of faith and practice. It's inspired in all that it records. And I would urge our, our uh, listeners and viewers to go back and hear my recent message as I talked about the validations yeah. historically, scientifically, chronologically. Uh, uh, th- these testify that it is authoritative and accurate in more areas than just faith and practice. Right. And so inerrancy says when the Bible speaks, it is without error, no matter what its subject matter is. So today the contention is, well, I'll, take, I'll accept some of it, but not all of it. 
And usually almost that which is thrown out is that which goes cross grain to what culture and, shall I say it, wokeness wants to believe is the norm. And so if the Bible speaks in a matter that is, is uncomfortable in the culture, uh, then the culture says, well, I don't accept that. But if it speaks about heaven, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I accept that. Oh, yeah, right. that's a good. Or there's some great story there or, or healing. God talks about healing. You know, all of these things. Well, I accept that. But uh, there's, uh, there are other things that make me uncomfortable uh, that, that the Bible speaks about. So I, I don't accept that. That's, that's what we see happening in our culture today. And even tragically among some churches yeah. and among some who confess to follow Christ. And so uh, inerrancy says, no, when the Bible speaks, when it's comfortable and when it's uncomfortable, it speaks without error. What about the stories, maybe mostly of the Old Testament a little bit? Maybe yeah. it's the, the story of... Um, you know, even the, the details of Noah and the ark or, you know, Jonah and the well. Like, speak to that for a second about yeah. inerrancy in those. Well, uh, um, what people want to say, that's just a, a, a myth. Uh, there's some liberal scholars um, a century ago who argued that this was the only way that writers knew how to explain something to get across a, a principle. Right. But... Um, but when the Bible speaks, well, let me give you, an, here's a story example, Sodom and Gomorrah. Right, yeah. You know, the Bible says that God rained down fire and sulfur, fire and brimstone. Brimstone is sulfur. And now we can go, archaeologists have found by under the Dead Sea, which is where we believe uh, archaeologically the, the region of Sodom and Gomorrah was to start with. Under the Dead Sea, nothing grows in the Dead Sea. It's why it's called the Dead Sea. They have found massive sulfur deposits. And they can't explain why they're there. Well, we can. The Bible can because that's where Sodom and Gomorrah was. God rained down fire and sulfur to destroy it so that nothing could uh, uh, function there anymore. And so there you have it. That's that's an example. Uh, Jonah and the well. Look, uh, we know without a doubt uh, that a well can swallow a human. Right. We, we know that. And you can't accept... Uh, the fact that God can uh, do a miraculous healing on someone, but he can't cause a big fish to spit a man uh, back out, right, that's good. you know? Yeah. And so uh, uh, many who simply say, well, I, I just, I don't believe that. Often, by the way, there are a lot of maritime stories, ancient stories about whales and and yeah. uh, seamen uh, right. boats being destroyed and right. whales uh, uh, eating <laughs> uh, sailors. I guess that's the best way to say it. Right. So the assumption is that the, the fish couldn't spit the man back out. Yeah. And that's just simply not true, right. you know? Yeah. So um, a lot of that is I just don't want to believe in – in the story, because if I believe in the story, I've also got to th rethink uh, who God is and yeah. what God expects of me. Yeah, that's a great point. Pastor, wrap us up today just on any other main area of conversation that you would have with somebody about the doctrine of the scriptures and uh, also encourage our listeners and viewers in some way as they think about engaging with more as they seek to learn more about this doctrine? 
Well, uh, start with the fact that it is God breathed. It's God is the author. And because that is true, he has a message for you. He has something to say to you. And that makes his word uh, not only authoritative, but listen, it makes it practical and relevant. And so uh, uh, you have to, at some point in time, decide, am I going to believe it or not? There's a great story. You've heard me tell it from the pulpit about Billy Graham in his early ministry. Uh, he had a friend who uh, kind of left the faith. Well, he did eventually leave it completely. Uh, but he, he fell under uh, some teaching that told him that the Bible was not uh, fully inspired by God. And it caused him eventually to leave, uh, leave the ministry that he had been engaged in and become an agnostic. And he tried to urge Billy Graham. You know, Billy, you got to study more, and here's what you need to understand about Scripture. And there's an event that transpired in Billy Graham's life out in California uh, in the late 1940s where he, he'd already been preaching around the world to Youth for Christ events. Right. But this friend had created confusion in his heart about the Scripture. And Billy Graham finally came to the place. It was so confused. He said, God, I can't, I can't keep operating either. I've got to accept it as your word or I've got to just leave ministry and say, I, I can't trust it. And he went into the woods, and he knelt down, he began to pray, opened his Bible up on a stump, and he said, God, I, I can't live like this, so I, by faith, accept even the things I don't understand in this book. I accept that it is your word, that you are the author, and I will not doubt your word. And guess what? That was the... Uh, the marker for the beginning of the kind of ministry God would multiply right. uh, in his life. And it would just be not long after that where 1949, the greater Los Angeles crusade, tent crusade would begin, and God would suddenly uh, uh, multiply his ministry. And, well, we all know the rest of that story. Right. But where did that happen? The turning point came when he said, God, I'm going to trust what I know and what I don't know. I'm going to trust this book. And so that's what I'd encourage our viewers and listeners to do is make sure that they say, God, I'm going to look at your word. I'm going to believe it instead of approaching it with skepticism right. or because there are things I don't understand, I'm going to throw those out. Or because there are things I don't like, I'm going to throw those out and say these are just the, the scribblings of some ancient uh, religious people. But instead I'm going to say, God, I'm going to believe it. And because I believe it, I'm going to, what James said, be a doer of the word. Yeah, that's so just encouraging and powerful for us. As you've even mentioned a recent in a recent message, and there's some statistics for student ministry world that talks about personal intake of the scripture and the faithfulness that comes uh, from that. And so we do encourage you all as you think about the power of the doctrine of the scriptures and not just uh, the book that you hold in your hand that we call the Bible is not just any other book. Um, right. It's the living, active word of God. Engage with it. Don't be afraid of it. And as our pastor just said, surrender to it and let the Lord work and move through your life in um, through your time in the scriptures. And so thank you all for checking out the Shepherd Talk podcast today. And we encourage you as always to like, subscribe, and share the podcast so others can experience this conversation and be challenged as they think about their engagement with the Word of God. And again, th Pastor, thank you for our time together today. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. 
We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.